Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And the Flyers have their official president of hockey operations and general manager in Danny Briere. Rapid reaction. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is unexpectedly episode 151. It is a quasi-emergency <laughs> podcast. The Flyers were doing a reaction. Keith Jones, former Philadelphia Flyer, former NHLer, has been named president of hockey operations. The first in his professional career after doing several couple decades of broadcasting moving up to the box office or whatever you with the, the box row. office I, I, the, that's down at the tickets where you the, buy the, the front, ticket no technically he's been part <laughs> yeah, he's of gonna be at will call now yeah that's where you're gonna find jonesy you gotta find jonesy you at know will call yeah it's funny you say that i have i know jonesy i'm actually i, I don't want to call him a friend but we were technically co-workers for a couple of years there of all people in terms of a person that is the president of a hockey club in the NHL, he is the top person I would predict to be at the will call greeting fans. I could totally see that because that is how Jonesy per- Jonesy's personality is. He's very down to earth, very friendly. If you're if you're if you're a buddy of him, why don't you make a phone call? We can get a uh, we can get exclu- an I cannot confirm here. or deny that I have already put in the word. To certain people. Perfect. All right. I'll, I'll I'll take that for what it is. And but, you know, it, Bill, I want to get your reaction first before the, I always I was I ran my mouth off about Toronto last week <laughs> and I did. And I want to get your you get your reaction about this first before before we go. So like I just preluded, I know Jonesy on a personal level. So this was. My immediate reaction is, wow, it's Jonesy. That's awesome. I know him. I've talked with him. Cool guy. Knows his stuff. He knows hockey. And then I tried to remove that bias as best I could and just trying to value. And I'm like, it didn't get me excited at the at, on the jump. I was like, okay, I get what they're doing. Um, they're trying to do this player-friendly role to kind of almost counterbalance torts in a way maybe, or just do an overall overcorrection, getting away from Chuck Fletcher and and the like. Then I slept on it, woke up today. I love it. I think this is a, it is a huge risk because of what you're dealing with in Danny Briere and Keith Jones. 
despite their knowledge, as we just said. But it is a calculated risk that has very high reward at medium risk because you can't go anywhere but up at this point. Like you're already a like you can get you can go the Chicago route like we talked about uh, earlier in the week. But I'm excited with trepidation, I guess, is how I trepidation. Okay, Uh, I, I am on the complete opposite side of you. I think this is absolutely the best move the Flyers could have made. I don't think any of us saw it's coming. I mean, I know we talked about before about like some guys like, you know, being president of hockey operations who had a former tie to the team. Chris Pronger's name was brought up. Scott Mellenby, Scott Mellenby's name was brought up as well. I, I could have seen that. That would have been good. I would have been a big Pronger guy if that was the case. I know that, you know, just because of, you know, knowing as far as how Chris Pronger was, you know, with the media and everything like that. This move is better because because here's why. You know, you get the slapped asses on Twitter out there right now saying, oh, yeah, they really went with the outside move and went with the outside guy. Uh, you just had four years or five years of an outside guy, and look how far that got you. So that was Chuck, that was Chuck, yeah, Fletcher. Was Chuck I, Fletcher. But hang on, hang on, honey. Let, 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 let's, 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 del- let's dive in to why this is probably the best move the Flyers could have made. With this specific role, you needed someone who could connect with the fan base who can who can who can connect because what's been what have we been yelling about that's been missing from the flyers for the past couple of years oh just any sort of connection with the fans and getting back to what you did on the with the fans over the first 46 years Correct. of the franchise so history think of it this way you need someone who can not only just connect with the fans but understood what the Flyers were all about back in the day, you know, when Mr. Snyder was really had was really hands on. And also you need someone to connect that the um, you need someone to connect with Philadelphia, not just the fans, but Philadelphia. And, and that's a that's a big, big deal, because let's let's talk about Jonesy for a second here. Jonesy only played 130 games in Philadelphia. He got traded here in 1998 <clears throat> from Colorado, from Sean Padin. He started his career in Washington, got went to Colorado, and then got flipped here. Got on line with Eric Lindros and scored in his first game against Florida. And I just know that off memory. So with that, he then played 66 games his first season, played the second season in 99-2000 when the Flyers you know, went to the five overtimes. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost against the Devils. And then I read his book, Jonesy. It's a great read. If anybody has a chance, get his book, Jonesy. It's a really great book. I read it years ago. But I found out why he only played eight games in 2000-2001 and then had to retire. It's because they botched his ACL surgery and he couldn't play without pain anymore. So there was a certain there was he explains in his book there's a couple ways that you can do an ACL surgery. They did his, and it, it was just the wrong way to do it for him. It didn't work. So long story short, but here's the thing about Jonesy. Jonesy never went away. Jonesy reestablished Philadelphia as his home. He became part of the airwaves in the morning show with Angelo Cataldi. He became a color analyst in for Philadelphia and, and barely being a guy breaking down and describing the nitty-gritty hockey stuff for Flyers fans. 
and everybody except the Jones, he has forgot about the fact that he only played a very, very small part of his career here. And the fact that now you have that guy who has been around the game this long, played the game, knows the city of Philadelphia, knows the fan base of the Philadelphia Flyers, knows what Mr. Snyder expected back in the day. It's extremely important that you have somebody in that role. Regardless, he's going to need to do some experience, but this is a good bridge. This is a bridge between the hockey operations and between business operations. And Jonesy knows how to kind of, you know, mix that together by being in both sides of it, being a hockey guy and also being in the media, which is the business side as well. Really, it is. So, like, he can see it from both sides. And I think it's really important for Philadelphia to have this there because think about it. You're getting new uniforms. You say it's it's a new orange, which literally it is a newer orange. If you look, the tone is darker back to what it was before. And now you're trying to face a new identity on this team. And seeing that today, that that press release said, like, you're, we're going to work our ass off. Like, that's fantastic. Like, that's Philadelphia. It is. But they said something similar last season when they announced the Tortorella hiring. And this is where I learned into what I was talking about with my trepidations of the tire. I get where I'm not saying that is it is completely wrong to hire from internal or from a former flyer perspective. Like, I don't think that is wrong, but it is a stigma that continues to leave its stench on this franchise. Despite the lack of success you had with an outside hire, to your point with Chuck Fletcher, the track record is, other than an appearance in 2010, you don't have good track record with former Flyers as general managers or president of hockey operations either. And then you add in the background that Jonesy is was part of NBC Sports Network. It just feels like a guy that's getting promoted from within in a corporation setting. And because it's Comcast Spectacore, it feels it just feels to some as not moving forward. Like it, it just feels like you're staying stagnant again without knowing any results. And that's on them to have that opinion. I don't I just think it is a, like I said, a risk that is worth taking, but I would not be shocked if in two years. No, right I, I think you're are. wrong there. I think you're wrong. And that and that tells me you just don't pay attention enough. Like, sorry, no disrespect, but you, you're not paying attention. You're not seeing the bigger picture out of this. Nobody is if you're going into that 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 mindset. Like, I understand its opinion. I get it. And 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 look, from my perspective, I get it. You're lazy. Well, it's your opinion as well. But look at this from a bigger picture, not just what it is right now. You have a guy who has been around the league for the last 30 years in different capacities it, it, as a player and as a broadcaster, not just at a local level, but at a national level. So, yeah, he's at TNT. Right. Before this, before and that's hiring. what I'm saying is that, you know, he did NBC as well. He was a big guy on NBC with that. You know, that 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 carries some weight because you need to. You need to talk with people. You need to discuss with them. You need to have honest things about what's going on around the league. Secondly, everybody wants to look at this and say, oh, they're just, it's a retread. No, this is, this is, this is a brand new day because now you have someone who's never been in the president of hockey operations role. You have someone who's never been a general manager at the national hockey league level. And you have someone where if you're talking about rebuilding, 
That's exactly the definition of it. You don't want to bring someone in with experience because you did that with Chuck Fletcher and Dave Sky, and I got you diddly poo for the last 10 years. And it's the truth because Dave Scott, hey, businessman, Comcast, all that stuff. Hey, I need someone to teach me the fucking game. <laughs> like, come on. All right. Or Chuck Fletcher. Hey, he's the voice from the outside. Well, you know what? It, it's, it, it, didn't, it didn't work. If you and I were doing this podcast when they announced the hiring of Ron Hextall, don't you think we'd be saying something similar? Like that's I remember like, oh, he's he's not a retread because he was over in L.A. when they won those cups. He was an assistant GM. It's his first time being a general manager for the Flyers or for an NHL team. And it blew up in your face. What did it get you? It got you Carter Hart. Like that's his one. Got, him tra- got you Travis Connecty. Got you yeah, Travis okay. Sanheim. Got the- you Ivan Provorov. You know, it got you. Um, who else in this lineup? Did it get you? Uh, probably Igor's. But- yeah, but all no, no. other than Carter Hart, as we've talked about, they're all on the trade block and some like, Hey, you got you Jay easily... O'Brien. You'll get a, comp- a compensatory pick for that. That's a good thing. Then now the Breer will be able to use that, but look, you're right. I mean, and that's revisionist history at the time. Everybody was like the, and then that was the flyers looking at it and going, Hey, look, we need to do something. Now we're going to lose Hextall. And there's a lot of people around the league. Okay. Well, Hextall has been over two. He's been fired from both GM jobs. So the chances of Hextall getting back into a one are probably going to be it's going to be not anytime soon. So yeah, he's going to have to take a, a scouting yeah, role. He's going to take a step back with that. So, yeah, I mean yeah. it's not Hall's fault what happened in Pittsburgh, but at the same time, it's you know when you when you miss the playoffs, when you have Crosby, Malkin, and Chris Letang, you you you're yeah, you, I'm sorry, you probably probably have some problems going on there. Um, but you, that's revisionist history. This is this is this is different. This, this is different because at that time too, yes, the Flyers came in and say we need to rebuild, we need to get talent, we need to do all this stuff. Okay, but they never really finished the job. They got impatient and they canned him, and they brought in Chuck Fletcher. Okay, Fletcher tried to make some moves feel like already, but you know, you know, captain complacency never really got this team over the top, or you know, made moves that just didn't work out. I mean, look. Cam Atkinson being hurt all year. Ryan Ellis has only played four games in two seasons. You know, the, the moves he made, Matt Niskin and retiring suddenly after one season at all, all of it just, it didn't, it didn't work out, but it's, uh, it's, it's the, the issue is, is that this is different. We're saying we have Tortorella. We have Keith Jones. We have Danny Briere. We have a new CEO. And uh, Dan Hilferty, and then also Val Camilla, uh, Navati Camilla, who, who has actually done really well in listening to the fans and making the changes and suggestions, stuff like that, you know, um, and, and learn from her mistakes. They're all going to be this leadership group now, which I think is a benefit because you're you're putting saying, hey, look, we really care about this franchise and really care about this fan base and want to make this work. Let's just wipe the slate clean and start fresh. And if you want to talk about rebuild, that didn't happen back when Hextall was hired. Now it is. You're you're talking about a rebuild at the management level. You've been clamoring for it. Just because, you know, you talk rebuild, you don't talk about it just on the ice. You know I mean, it, it, it's a beautiful nose blow, by the way. I know your allergies are killing you today. 
but and that, 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 sorry, I thought I muted okay. my mic. That, that's I a good way. It's a good way to break up the monotony of me talking. But now you have a whole that you're rebuilding your management because then you can decide now what you want to do with your roster because now you have multiple people in him and Tortorella is a part of that group as well where he's going to have say, which I think is a good thing. And this is something like, you know, so the goalie was saying that this is something new that hasn't been done around a league before. I kind of like that. I, I really do. I, I like that it's not something that's been done around the league before. And it's the truth when you think about it, because no, not other teams have a lot of the setup. It's the GM has the power. And you never some teams have president of hockey ops and some don't. You never hear about the other business side. The fact you have a lot of sort of things coming in here to, to do it. I, I'm in the I'm in the belief of the more the merrier, you know, and it's yeah, I that. The more the merrier in sports franchises does, again, cause me hesitation. But, like you said, it has to be something different for this franchise that has just been stuck in the mud for years now. You have one fluky playoff series win since 2012 or 2013, two since 2012, and it's just like, Something's got to give. Like at some point, you have to. <laughs> at least it's more go than Toronto. The... Well, yeah. I, well, no, because they're. I, listen, I I know you're banging on them, and they're they they're they're trying to climb out of this hill, uh, out of this hole again with Florida, and they've just won Game Four. But like, at least they're playing right now. Like that's what we've talked about last week. Like I we just we realized in Florida beating Boston. All you have to do is be playing in late April, early May, and you have a shot. And that's exactly where the Flyers have to get to. And I don't think I I want to say that they're close, just like you are, but I just I cannot wrap my hand around it until I see I, something. And I was else. just gonna say that. You're you're show me, show me, show it to me, prove it to me that you're you're there. You know, I'm a guy where I, I kind of can see a little bit, you know, as far as I try to look down the road, I try to look more 50,000 foot view, and look down and say, OK, I know where this is heading. Now it's just about executing it and getting there. Um, I think this is a really, really good positive, And I'm 100 percent certain that this is going to work. And I, I really am. I, wow. A hundred percent. In yes. sports, you're saying I, I, I had a hundred. We're recording on Thursday night. The Sixers just lost Game Six. Uh, if you had told me at six o'clock tonight, I felt like there was a ninety-five percent chance that the Sixers were going to win tonight. And guess what happened? The other five percent. It is bold of you to say hundred percent. That's I'm an how idiot. confident I feel about this. It's just the energy of it. it. The energy of it is different than in years past, and I think that's it's a breath of fresh air. It's a breath of it's something different. You have guys with clean slates and 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 new opportunity here to to bring this team back to where it was, and you kind of have a you know a three headed monster to do it when you think about it. It's it's kind of funny that you like you're just so confident. Yeah, I, I like maybe you're just an optimist, optimistic person, which an is, optimist. which is yeah. funny, but like I don't know. Like, especially in the world of sports where we've seen things go so terribly wrong, not just in Philadelphia. Like, obviously, we, we'll bag on Toronto all, but, like, just what happened up in Boston two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was. Like, to be so sure 
is uniquely you. Because I think that even the people that are saying they're excited, like even with me that I just said at the start of this episode, that I'm like, I'm basically cautiously optimistic is really how I would describe it. If you look at Twitter, which Twitter isn't real, but whatever. Successful the internet. But you still get a decent gauge on what people are thinking for the most part. It's not a full transparent. No, full, it's a it's cesspool. Not act. But no one has like even with Jonesy for people like me who know Jonesy and realize like who he is as a person. Everyone's cautiously like, OK, like it's like a hand check. It's like, again, everyone's in the prove it until he, show me on the ice before I buy in. And even then, like if they're playing well in October or early November, you're still not going to see buy-ins until they're in the playoffs. It's like the Phillies from last year when they made that incredible run. Like, but maybe I'm maybe I'm just being overly critis- critical because like those those t- that team, the Phillies case, was expected to make the playoffs, and then they fell apart fired the manager and did a whole rebound that was immaculate. So maybe that's just like, maybe there's different expectations, but like if the Flyers are within six points with 12 games to play of the second wild card, are people really going to be buying in next, next March? I don't think, I don't think they are because they're just going to expect them. I'm going to reverse that argument. If you would have said this a year ago, this happened a year ago before you hired Tortorella, I'd have a different view on it. Honestly, I would. But the key thing for me is, is seeing the results this team put on the ice towards the end of the year. The development of Owen Tippett is a huge thing. How well Travis Konechny responded to, to Tortorella's coaching was huge. Finding out that, you know, you have a $7.14 million player who isn't going to be a fit here, identifying it and realizing you need to move on from it. Your top defenseman, you realize, is just more of a minutes eater than a top defenseman. And I'll probably be on the move as well. All of these things that happened this year is the direct impact of Tortorella's coaching and the fact that each team I played against the Philadelphia Flyers, not all 82 games, but I would say a majority of them, roughly about 70, 75 games where they were really like, you know, the team might have lost, but damn, they're hard to play against. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at all the, the com- not comebacks, but like they still battled right. in, the, in the third period, right. almost night in and we night out. We didn't see that the two seasons prior. We didn't. And that, and that's that's what I'm saying is that this is why I believe it will work, because what they're going to do now is find players that are going to work well here and mesh with Tortorella and this team, a team that is just going to be scrappy and, and turn out to be possibly along the lines of like a Seattle who just scored, by the way, it's three, one in that game. Now. It, wow. And that's a two, yeah, two series, two, two, right? Yeah. They were down two. Now they <laughs> Dallas scored in the first two shots of the game. First two of the first three shots they scored. And it went up three, went up three nothing, and then da- and Seattle responded right away. But anyway, the point is, is that a team like Seattle, their most, you know, their probably their biggest name is Jordan Eberle, or you know, or Oliver Bjorkstrand, or Adam Larson, even. But you don't need star power to really be a good team. And I think Tortorella has done enough. You saw the development of Noah Cates. 
Uh, you saw the development of, of Owen Tippett. You saw the development of Cam York. I think with those things, adding now in management, knowing what pieces they need to add, and someone coming in here like Jonesy with a nut with a, with a really smart hockey mind and knowing what this team is going to need and Briere knowing what this team needs to do in order to get better, that I feel like that this team is going to be rebounding faster than than most people expect. And it, maybe I am an over optimist. You know, people think I drink, drink the Flyers Kool Aid. No, I'm. You know, it, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a positive person. I look at the bright side of things. It's easy in Negadelphia when you know you can when everybody has it looks at a half empty. But you know what I mean. Even if it is half empty to people, I still look at it. There's still water in the glass. Like it could, it could be completely empty. There's still water in the glass. And that's how that's how I that's how I look on life. But like, it it's it's important to know if you're a Flyers fan. It's important to know that this is this is a really good thing that's happening. Is that you wanted a rebuild? You got a rebuild because once some of that talent comes back, let's think about. When Cam Atkinson comes back, when Sean Couturier comes back, let's take let's keep their injury stuff aside. When they come back, they will have significant impacts on this hockey team one way or the other. Maybe not on the score sheet right away, but in that locker room and the cohesiveness of that team. And now you'd have a complete team there where you had guys step up in bigger roles this year. They slide in the lineup a little bit. That means you're getting better production, better matchups in their bottom six. And there you go. You are, you're already going to see some of this. The question would be, and we can get into this in another episode, not tonight. If they move pro Rob, what are you doing to replace those minutes? That's going to be a major question that's going to wind up happening. But I'm not getting into that right now. You Now you have guys in here where a team that's already played hard. Now you have a couple hockey guys at the top who understand it from the ice of the game, from playing in the game as well. Really and how to get this team over the top today was just the start. We'll see. I, I hope, man. I hope. I'll leave with this question, and you'll answer it. Who makes it out of the second round of the playoffs first? The Philadelphia Flyers under Keith Jones and John Tortorella and Danny Briere, or the Philadelphia 76ers? <sighs> Basically, I'm asking, are the Sixers going to win game seven on Sunday? <laughs> I'll let you this know next the, episode. This, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is the, we dive into yeah, other sports yeah, here on yeah. the Flyers you know, podcast. I, 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 back I, check. I, I, even after the night, the defense they played tonight, the Sixers, I thought, and, you know, keeping Jason Tatum in check for, you know, 40 out of the Three yeah, and a half yeah, quarters. 40 out of the 48 minutes. I, I still got to go. I still got to go Sixers, man. I think that it, I think now that, Harden and Embiid are going to know like this is crunch time. I think you're going to see a career game out of those two guys. I hope. All right. That's going to do it. Episode 151. The rapid reaction to Keith Jones being named hockey president, president of hockey operations for the Philadelphia Flyers. Congratulations, Jonesy. Truly. I don't like, I know you said it. I don't, it, it is a, for a shocking hire that no one saw, no one is more deserving because Jonesy knows his stuff. And I just hope it translates well at the NHL level. So good luck, Jonesy. We're cheering you on, despite what we uh, what I had to say about my tepidation or trepidation, I should say. Until next time, we'll talk to you. Make sure you follow us on all our social channels, some Twitter, TikTok, 
at Facebook, all that good stuff. Uh, orangeandbatrick at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you next time. Trepidation, a noun, a feeling of fear or agitation about something that may happen. Exactly. This team just bottoming out even worse. <laughs>